violence is not a part of the ups and downs of a relationship. The moment that it gets physical, all parties need to walk the hell away and seek therapy. Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast that gives you news you can trust for the culture. I'm your co-host, Jaron Keith Gaynor, Managing Editor at The Grio. And I'm your co-host, Shauna Pinnock, Social Media Director at The Grio. And this week we're asking, Dear Culture, now that spring has sprung, what will the rest of the year hold? Jaren, you know what time it is. Tell me, what is on your mind this week? So I saw that recent body cam footage of Montgomery County Police in Maryland berating a five-year-old boy who had an episode in the school, in the classroom. Apparently, allegedly, he broke a computer. He ran out the school building. And so school staff called police. And there is it's like an hour-long body cam footage. And it's just very disturbing because throughout the entire video, both officers, both black, by the way, and this is a black five-year-old boy in Maryland, um, both officers repeatedly talk about how the mother needs to whoop him, beat him. The, the female cop called him a beast. And it was just very, very disturbing. At one point, she even gets in his face and she's yelling, he's like crying hysterically because he's obviously in distress. Mm -hmm. He's a five-year-old child. Children's brains are but so big and can only take but so much information. They can only understand but so many things. And rather than talking to this child like a child, she mocks him like, like, like she's a like one, she's acting like a child. But then two, this child is a child. He's not an adult. And it just really reminds me of this ongoing issue that we're having, this school to prison pipeline one, but also just in general, the way that children are treated like they're not children, black children, black and brown children. And I just wonder how different that scenario would have been if that was a five-year-old white boy who had a temper tantrum and the police were called. One, would the police have been called? And two, would two white police officers or even two black police officers respond to a five-year-old white child in the same way. We published a really great op-ed about this very topic by Dr. Stacey Patton, who is a professor in the DMV area. And she's written books about being anti-violence against children. She's against whooping, she's against spankings. I'm, I'm one of those people. And this, is a, this really is a hot topic still in the black community. Even the mother in the video, she comes to her son in the, in the school office and she's so scared because uh, she heard the officer on the call say, what is happening in the home? Because they're wondering why is he behaving this way? First thing she does when she comes into the room is to take off the child's shirt. One, it just remind me of, it reminded me of prison when like they tell you to take your clothes off. And this mm -hmm. five-year-old boy, again, is crying hysterically, is going, has the police yelling at him. He's obviously scared. He's obviously upset. And now he's being, you know, he's, his, he's naked up top uh, to prove that she's not hitting him or abusing him. Uh, because she was so scared that her son could go into the, the system and she was scared of herself being arrested. And she said, I don't spank him because I don't want my son or me to be in the system. Mm -hmm. And the police officers say, oh yeah, you can spank him. You, can, you can't like hit him with a weapon, but you can hit him repeatedly on the butt. Like, but they were so forceful in their opinion. And one, why, why are police officers having such a, um, a strong, uh, have, why do you feel the need to have any say mm -hmm. about what a parent does in her own home? There are other ways to, um, to reprimand children, but more importantly, it's important to talk to children because when the child acts up, yeah, they might have learned some of that in the household,
but they also are acting out. And there's something going on that you, that you need to get to the heart of. But unfortunately for black kids, no one ever takes the time to hear what they have to say. And instead we yell at them, we dismiss them, we don't listen to them, we abuse them. And I'm just a really strong advocate for loving on children because I'm very pro, I'm like, I'm like radically pro-love and anti-violence in any way. And that includes emotional uh, and spiritual violence. And so uh, it was very disturbing. I think that those police officers were very, they really breached the line there. And I think that there should be some reprimanding on there and they should be, I don't know if it's worthy of being terminated, but it definitely shouldn't be called to work with children ever again. Uh, I believe fire everybody involved. Um, and mainly because there is an inherent criminalization of little black children, especially little black boys um, and black mothers in general that there needs to be an acknowledgement of. I know my Caribbean parents are like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but I do not believe in hitting children, especially little black and brown kids. I think it's it's a it's a level of conditioning to accept you know abuse in a it, as a form of love you know what i mean and then it's like now here you are your little girl has is 19 20 21 22 years old and she's in an abusive relationship and you're like well how the hell did this happen you taught her that i hit you because i love you and i care and i want to correct your behavior same thing for a, a little boy you know what i mean like you these are the things that you're teaching them inevitably what i love about this conversation is i think we also need to take a moment and acknowledge something of like there's so many people who would be like Oh yeah, well I got whipped as a kid and I turned out fine. Did you? Cause I don't. Mm, did you? Because now you have a problem with authority. Now you have a problem with expressing yourself. Now you have a problem like you're triggered if someone's yelling. Now you know like I don't. I don't think you turned out as well as you think you did. I really just hate the idea of like you are expecting this adultification of a child. Do you know, let me tell you something. I am 34 years old. Shout out to my birthday. I am 34 years old. And I, when I get stressed and overwhelmed, do you know, I like in my mind, I'm like, I could bust, I could burst into a tantrum right the hell now. I cancel everything. I, let me tell you something. It, it's a problem. Like if I'm stressed, everything is canceled. I'm done. I'm yelling. <laughs> I might be throwing something, all of this stuff. And I'm like, how, how is it that I'm expecting a five-year-old, any, quite frankly, anybody under the age of like 21, in all honesty, who does not have the language to express, this is what is upsetting me right now in this moment. Like, what? <laughs> like, how, how crazy do you sound? And you as an adult coming at a child on some oh, well, you know, you're a beast, blah, blah. I would have punched you in the mouth. If I was that mother, I would have punched her in the mouth. Like, <laughs> like all that, that it were, furniture would have been moved and smoke would be in the city, plain and simple, slow singing and flower bringing. Like, mm -mm, mm -mm, y'all got the right ones. But uh, let me decompress from that because there are two other things that I need to drag today. Last week, what took the internet by storm was rappers Saweetie and Quavo broke up and, you know, there was the, the, the back and forth on Twitter and the take care and <laughs> all of those responses. Um, and then this week, TMZ, which I, I don't know how they begin this stuff, but <laughs> TMZ hit, um, you know, did a, pulled a Solange and Jay-Z and basically said like, hey, we got this video of Saweetie and Quavo in this 
tussling incident. And I've just been really disgusted by the reactions that I've seen to that. I don't know what happened. I don't know the circumstances. We don't know what, like, what's going on in that, like what caused the whole thing, what was the buildup to that. What I do know is there was a physical altercation. At one point you see like, Saweetie like takes a swing at him. He flings her into the elevator wall, all of this stuff. I say all this to say, y'all, violence is not a part of the ups and downs of a relationship. The moment that it gets physical, all parties need to walk the hell away and seek therapy. So let's just get to that. Um, and please, please, please stop coming to the aid and defense of, of, of men and or women who are out here putting their hands on people. It's gross and it's disgusting. Next story. Last week, a story about an Uber driver by the name of Muhammad Anwar. He's, I believe, an, an immigrant from, I think, Pakistan. Um, and he was delivering Uber Eats. And a 13-year-old girl and a 15-year-old girl, like, tried to carjack him and steal his car. Uh, and the 13 and 15-year-old girls, they appear to be Black in the video. And so some things happen. They're you know, using a taser, something happens. Inevitably, there's a crash that, that occurs. The car flips over onto its side. The girls make it out unscathed, but Muhammad Anwar passes away. First and foremost, I want to say my deepest condolences to the Anwar family. This was disgusting. It was reprehensible. And I am so, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed and upset that this, that this has occurred. Now, for the young girls, they are 13 and 15 years old. I remember being a 13 and 15 year old. I remember the really stupid, in some cases, life-threatening decisions that I've made. What has been so disheartening for me is especially seeing other Black people basically calling for the heads of these children, because that's what they are. They're, they're, they're little girls. And I don't know if it started as a prank or a joke or let's just see what we can get away with, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. All I know is they made a very stupid choice that resulted in someone's life ending and their lives are going to be irrevocably changed, period. Why are we as Black folks sitting here and calling like, oh, well, you know, oh, their, their parents must have must have failed or, or something like that. First and foremost, if we were to sit here and, and pull up a scroll of all the BS decisions that you made in your teenagehood, I am certain a lot of folks would be like, oh, your mama needs to whoop your behind. Your daddy needed, did you have a father in the household? So let's not even play that game. We're not blaming black parents. I don't know what's what these girls' home life is like or anything like that. It was a stupid choice. It was a stupid decision that had very tragic consequences. Do I believe that these girls should be spending the rest of their lives in prison? No, their brains aren't even fully formed yet. So why are we so comfortable? And again, I, I know the answer. I think we all know the answer, but we don't want to say it. I'm not saying to skirt responsibility. I'm not saying to act as though this never happened. What I am saying is, no, I'm not calling for the death penalty for a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old little girl. What is wrong with y'all? You need to address your own lack of empathy. And y'all really need... Somebody, I, I say it all the time. Y'all need therapy. I don't understand why this is just so easy to y'all. And I get it. If I were a member of the Anwar family saying that, 
I can completely understand. I get it. That man did not ask for any of the, that stuff to happen to him. But you as a stranger, knowing what little black children go through, this is your automatic, your, your automatic response. It's gross. It's disgusting. And y'all need help. Plain and simple. But that was it. Let's talk about the show, Jaren. <laughs> okay, so it is bye-bye seasonal depression, at least for some of us, and hello spring and, and allergies. Pollen is a mofo out here, uh, but the equinox has fully arrived, and at least in New York, the sun is starting to shine a little bit more, even despite, you know, that we have a weather report of snow coming next week. It's a hater. Listen, the weather, Mother Nature is a hater in, on New York City. But anyway, spring usually represents a new rebirth. And the warmer it gets, the more people behave, mm, let's say interestingly, to say the least. And as we spring forward to more sunlight and blessed weather, the only things on our mind are how to ensure safety and fun. So let's get into it. So Shauna, you know it's spring. I love spring because it's the precursor to summer and we can just discard our jackets and just embrace the sun. But people also discard old things. And I'm wondering if you are gonna discard any old clothes this spring or old baggage, like what's your plan this spring? Oof, child, I think uh, for me right now, this spring, I mean, I done got this Peloton. I'm out here working. What I plan on discarding are these pandemic pounds, okay? That's what I'm trying to get rid of because, uh, and Jaren, you're familiar with the song because I, in your in my birthday post to you, I tagged you into it and said, you know, bald head hoe-ish. <laughs> the word wasn't really ish, but you know, bald head hoe-ish is what I plan to engage in this summer. So yes, I am trying to get rid of all of my uh, sweatpants. I wore jeans for like, like consistently all last week. I was so proud of myself. It has never been jeans. I've been in joggers and sweatpants and been just fine. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're in this place where I, well, as of April 8th, I believe, I will be fully vaccinated and really just kind of being able to, to go outside and just enjoy, you know, I think more so I'm, I'm not even thinking about like getting rid of anything per se. I'm more so really looking forward to having more experiences that, that were robbed from us <laughs> all of last year. I stayed in the house. I was not on anyone's plane. I didn't go nowhere. Restaurants were not a thing. There were many, a, a, a gathering of friends and family at, at, you know, restaurants and outdoors and such. And I was like, mm, that's cute. I'll be in the house. So I'm really excited to just not get back to normal per se. I don't think we're going to be in a normal state of mind for at least a few years in all honesty, um, but at least have some kind of semblance of really living out loud again. I think that's what I'm most excited about. What about you, G? I concur. Um, I definitely will be getting rid of some old clothes because I need to like, I need to like get these kind of get rid of things and kind of go back to my minimalist uh, journey that I was on before the pandemic. But I would say also, I'm just looking forward to, similar to you, just really enjoying the best we can in terms of spring and summer. We don't know if it'll be any type of normalcy returning that soon, mm -hmm. but you know, I want to I wanna go out and, and enjoy the, the beach again. I don't want to have to travel thousands of miles to find, find a beach. 
Um, but I'm, I'm trying. Look, I'm in these dating streets. I, I've been, <laughs> I've been very vocal about my dating life, and you know, I'm getting to know someone in DC. So I plan on taking some nice trips out to DC. I actually just came back from DC to spend some time with him. I started out being very like much like you. I didn't go anywhere. I was scared. And then I was like having cabin fever and I went to California for a month with, with my best friend. I've gone to Puerto Rico twice. I, uh, where else did I go? I went to South Carolina, but that was a press trip. So I have traveled maybe more than uh, someone like you, Shauna, but, <laughs> but I've been careful and uh, I plan on continuing to be careful. Uh, thank God, knock on wood. I've gone over a year, no COVID. Um, but I don't really have anything I have, I'm looking forward to other than just enjoying life like I try to do every day. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to make that a daily practice to just self-improvement and enjoying the moment. And so I don't really need spring or summer as a marker of that, but I know that for many people, uh, it's a great opportunity to kind of reset. So I'm sending positive vibes to, er- to everybody uh, this spring and summer. Okay. All right. Cool. Now, now speaking of, of summer, so, you know, last year we went from having a hot girl summer, shout out to Meg the Stallion, you know, <laughs> Grammy award winning Meg the Stallion, hey girl, uh, to now seeing that the internet is gearing up for a white boy summer, thanks to Tom Hanks' son, Chet. Before we even get into this, I think we have to acknowledge something that actually came out earlier this week. They were like, ooh, Chet Chet Hanks is now problematic, you know, uh, where apparently Chet Hanks um, was out here abusing like physically and verbally his black girlfriend or I'm guessing ex-girlfriend now, uh, you know, there have been um, some resurfacing of legal paperwork of you know charges and things filed against Chet and and a, the testimony from this young lady who apparently said something along the lines of like they got into some kind of physical altercation and he basically said to her if you you know ever decide to go to the police or tell anybody about this no one would believe you because you're just a black ghetto bitch fun right and so I'm like oh white boy Here we are. But you know, some of y'all have been feeling Mr. Chet, uh, even amid his uh, fake Patois Drake (laughs) type of accent, which what do you think about all this nonsense, Jaren? So I didn't know about the the allegations uh, from the ex-girlfriend until very recently. And so prior to that news, my opinion of him was kind of like, uh, Tom Hanks' son, I never knew who he was. I think the patois was very, you know, problematic for obvious reasons and annoying. But I also thought like, he's fine as hell. So I'll, <laughs> I'll give him a pass, you know? But now I'm, my, my position is like, what a waste of a fine man, one. Uh, but then two, you know, to his point about white boy summer, white boys are gonna white boy. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, another glaring example of that even when you might think someone could be possibly an ally, you peel back the layers and you, and you discover that nope, he's just like another, any old other white man. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because I wanna have faith in white allyship. There are white people, very few in my actual personal life who I believe are legitimate allies. Mm-hmm. But things like this make me untrusting of white people. And I've, I've talked about this with my therapist. 
because it, it, it becomes more difficult to trust white people when you see this type of behavior from people you wouldn't ordinarily maybe expect that from. Mm -hmm. uh, because despite the Patois uh, debacle, it seemed like he really had a, 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 a care uh, for the community, like or an interest maybe, if that's a better word to describe it. Um, but it's, uh, it's really troubling when you see that because I feel like underneath it all, most, not just white men, but most white people, because again, we're, we're talking about conditioning and uh, sociology. And I think it's really difficult for white people to let go of their white privilege. And when I say that, I don't mean that to just say a buzzword, but I really mean to really be able to come into the world, to be brought into this world, to uh, maneuver through this world, knowing and understanding the ways in which your whiteness comes with privilege. And you can even say you love a black person, be in a whole relationship with them. And then when stuff hits the fan, much in the same way as uh, um, there are some men who might consider themselves to be um, male feminist. Mm -hmm. And, but the moment you get into a, a heated argument, what do you do? You might call her, you might call her the B word. Mm -hmm. If you get into an argument with someone who is queer, you might call them the F word. And so it's a, it's, I think it's a, a moment for people to kind of, white people to kind of uh, check themselves. I think that no one is beyond reproach. And then even people who might, you might consider to be an ally or might consider themselves to be an ally, there are still layers to be peeled back. And a lot of us haven't yet let go of those, those, um, those oppressive ways of thinking, whether mm -hmm. you are a man or whether you are white or whether you are rich. Um, and so I don't know what to say to him, but I think in terms of the black community, any, if there was any, uh, opportunity for him to leverage that in any way, I think. Mm -hmm. it's yeah. Cause he was, he was out here trying to sell, you know, like some like love black Queens merch or some, some nonsense. I don't know. It was, it's, it was a whole thing. And funny enough is this is where I was like, yo, bruh, this is why I can't date white men because of stuff like this. Don't purport to be about blackness and black people or appreciative of it, even though you're in the midst of, you know, appropriating a lot of it, uh, <laughs> you know, but don't, don't say that. And then when, as you said, like when, when stuff hits the fan, all of a sudden you, you revert right back to the grossness of white people. And it's, it's really is gross. And I think it's one of those things of like, just because you enjoy Black D or Black P does not mean that you love Black people, plain and simple. I think we've seen this very clearly from, uh, what's her name, Bagel Karen, Stephanie De Niro, or whatever the hell her name is, out here calling that cashier <laughs> in New York at the, the whatever bagel shop, calling him a, 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 BS, a BS N word. And then you like, wait a minute, Bro, don't you got four whole black kids with a black man who sounded like he was an immigrant? I don't know what country he from, but there was an accent. What, ma'am? Excuse me? No, 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 no. Like, I was already through with Chet Hanks the moment that he was out here uh, faking the language of my father's country. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie, that's a fine ass white man. That is a fine white man. And what a waste, what a waste of good quality white man. Like you could have been so much, it could have been, you could have been out here, bruh. Like you could have been 
out here. You could have enjoyed your white boy summer to the fullest, but no, here you are on some white man mess. It's, I'm disappointed. Not surprised, but I'm disappointed. <laughs> but I also want to talk about another serious topic mm-hmm. that has not left us since uh, March of last year, and that is the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Fauci, he recently uh, and others have said that we might be wearing masks up until 2022. Mm-hmm. So I know we've been talking about spring and summer and new beginnings and having fun. But it seems like already the projections are from the experts that uh, this is our this is still our new normal. What do you think this says about where we are as a country? I mean, Jerry, you already know I've cussed out the the folks of this country <laughs> numerous times on this show, um, and I can say for me myself personally, I'm gonna be wearing a mask until I'm gonna be just dead in the ground. Quite frankly, I might be in a in a casket just with a mask on. I'm I'm sorry because. First and foremost, I think what has been so uh, eye-opening has been, it's not until things had to change that you realize how many behaviors that we engaged in that was actually like really gross. Like when I think of how many times I was like in a packed club, I mean like packed, right? Like you can't even, what like what? what's the name of that, that one part is grits and biscuits. Like, and you know, it was always that party, right? There's a grits and biscuits party. And it's like, you can't even shuffle and move. I can't even, you know, catch somebody. I can't put my ass on somebody's son. I can't twerk because there's no room. And then here you are in somebody's face, just breathing in all their spittle and stuff like that. Listen, I, I love a hookah bar. I love a hookah bar. And I'm just thinking now, like, Time out. So when all this is over, I'm I'm supposed to go back to we were sharing a hose. Now, granted, we didn't <laughs> granted, we didn't have the same little mouth applicator thingy, but we were sharing a hose. I can only imagine how many germs are in there. I had my birthday party. My mom, well, not a party. It was me and my mom and my daddy. But I had my birthday celebration here in my apartment. And I had a I had a piece of cake and my father was like about to put a candle in the cake for me to blow out. I said, what the hell is wrong with you? In COVID? No, I cut myself a slice and put the candle in that slice and blew on that slice and that slice alone. All of these things. I think ultimately, um, I I mean, we've seen how folks have been wilding out in Miami. We cussed them out last week because of that nonsense. Um, I think what it says about us as a country is the United States is the ghetto. We are the ghetto okay (laughs) like this place is just chow we mm -mm, mm -mm. we the slums i mean we really are new zealand just had an outdoor concert it looked like their coachella they was out there maskless having a good old time what what about us still sitting here having people anti-masking like dummies. And then the same people who are anti-maskers, you're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, well, I don't believe in the vaccine because it'll change your DNA or whatever other damn nonsense and YouTube hotep crap that y'all been watching. Like, come on now. Come on. Come on, dog. Like, you you can't have it both ways. And now what's been the the big thing, you know, I got to be in these Twitter streets, and people are like, oh, so is it just going to be that, you know, you can't fly no more without uh, uh, the confirmation that you took the vaccine? You know, that's, that, that's, 
that's always been a thing, right? Like, y'all are dumb. Like, <laughs> y'all are dumb. You know, like when you, if you want to go to Africa or South Africa or something like that, like you got to get like malaria <laughs> vaccines. If you, you want to go to school, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta show, hey, we ain't bringing polio and, and all types of eradicated nonsense back into the school. Like, why are you acting brand new about this, y'all? Listen, get your ish together, get the vaccine or not. I'm not here to tell you whether or not if you should, okay? I Like I told you, my parents have been very hesitant. They talk about third titties and all this other stuff, whole bunch of nonsense. I just got my dad to say yes. I just got my daddy to agree <laughs> to the vaccine, which I'm very happy. My mother's like, you know, but she'll, it's peer pressure. She'll do it. And, you know, but it, it is one of those things where my father was like, uh, you know, he's like, well, me and your mother already lived our lives. So anything happens, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, like, <laughs> like you're fine. But I mean, ultimately, listen, I'm gonna still be masked up. I'm gonna be, be vacuumed up. I have a trip planned the first week in June. Um, I would love to be able to see my grandmother and hug her and not worry about potentially killing that lady because I love her so much. <laughs> like I would prefer all of those things. And like I said, I plan on doing ball head ho hish, you know, <laughs> all summer. Why? Because I, I still plan on doing so in a safe manner. You're not going to catch me out here in these streets. Me and my friends, we already have a plan. Who all has been vaccinated? That's my new who all going to be there. Who all has been vaccinated? I need to see your cards. As a matter of fact, I need you to show me footage <laughs> that you were there and got the joint in your arm because, you know, people is out here getting put up on the Summer Jam screen on TikTok because you lying about vaccination cards and all this other nonsense. Let me see it. Let me see it go into your arm and we can have a good time. But, you know, anywho, <laughs> a lot of people are wondering this season how they can make the best of what we've been given. Do you, Jaren, have any useful advice on keeping safe and having fun? Uh, yeah, I think follow uh, your advice, which is to get vaccinated as soon as you can. A lot of states have already just decided to, well, maybe not the states, but certain facilities are already offering vaccines to, to young people. I have a lot of friends now who've gotten vaccinated. I plan on getting mine uh, this week, God willing. Um, yeah, I think it's important to just get vaccinated. I think that you know, if you're, if you're feeling unsure, do the necessary research, but understand that this is not our first rodeo as a country, as a world dealing with infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. This is what happened and a breakout happens, you get a vaccine. So I would encourage people to really do the research and ultimately come to the conclusion that it is safe uh, because the quicker we do that, um, the quicker that we can give back to some type of normalcy. And so if, if so during this period, I would say get vaccinated and so that you can enjoy some of your time with friends. You know, if you wanna see, if you're feeling lonely at home, you wanna break out, I think that's the safest way to do it. Uh, and just keep the open dialogue. I, I, I see some friends still like um, going out to events like birthday parties, um, but not really having a, a conversation with said host about, did you make sure everyone got tested before mm -hmm. inviting them? Because I have uh, two associates who just got COVID from going to a birthday party. Mm. They thought that they were being safe. I think one of them at least even said that he was he was wearing his mask. And, but you know, when you're drinking, you might pull your mask down. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just overall just dangerous. I think obviously uh, a Dr. Fauci would say, stay home, don't go anywhere. 
<laughs> let's be realistic. Like people want to live their lives. And so if you're going to do it and the best way to do that safely is to make sure you are um, having the proper dialogue about getting tested and really normalizing the conversation around being tested and getting vaccinated because I think it's still like we people kind of just tiptoe around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the only way to really do it safely. Um, or just stay home and, you know, quarantine with a friend mm-hmm. uh, or a partner or whomever. Watch Netflix. You don't, you don't have to go out if you don't want to. But the weather's going to be glorious. Uh, so if, if you want to be out in the sun, enjoying that, wear your mask, mm-hmm. um, get vaccinated. And just like, think about just protect yourself and others. Like, cause mm-hmm. no harm. If you're going to go out there into the world, just make sure that you are not only protecting yourself, but protecting the people around you, being a good citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is not the time to be complacent just because, oh, things might be, you know, changing. I, I, I wish I could remember her name, but there was a, a woman, I don't know if she's a head of the CDC or a representative of the, of the CDC who was saying like, she, but the, there, there's actually been a recent rise in COVID cases. Um, and she's like, yo, I, I think that there's, I feel this impending doom like this level of dread because people are getting complacent it's not the time to do so and quite frankly I mean I'm gonna keep it a buck with you the weather is getting nicer and you know what's been happening them uh 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 like mass shootings have picked back up can't even go to the grocery store quite frankly how I'm gonna keep my ass safe I ain't going nowhere like I'm just I'm gonna just, I'm gonna keep it low, 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 low key. Um, you know, I, this world is crazy, man. It is, it is very, very insane. Um, and all I can do is hope and pray that we are all doing what we have to do. Like you said, it's not, it's not just about yourself. We can't be so individualistic. That That is why countries like New Zealand are having ball head whole times. Like they're having fun because they know that it is about not just themselves, you as the individual, it is about what are you willing to do, sacrifice, and who are you willing to be in order to make sure that everybody, not just yourself, is safe. We have to, in order for us to get there, we have to do it together. Like I said, the United States is ghetto and so are its inhabitants. So I, I'm i going to be hopeful and optimistic. I'm going to take a page out of your book, Jaren. Let's be optimistic. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, we all have our own paths in life and we have the power to decide what that looks like for all of us. So this spring, please just let go of the old habits and embrace new awakenings. We want to remind our listeners to please support your local Black businesses and donate to your local organizations and religious institutions. The Black business that we will highlight this week is Unsun. Founded by Catania Bro in 2016, after much frustration by the lack of options within the world of clean sunscreen products for women of color, Unsun Cosmetics was created to provide clean and non-residue options that were kind to the person using it as well as the environment it's being used in. Visit their website at unsuncosmetics.com. That's U-N-S-U-N cosmetics.com. The Griot has published a list of 50 plus Black businesses to support during the coronavirus pandemic. If you would like your business featured, email us at info at That's G-R-I-O.com. 
And of course, thank you for listening to Dear Culture. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, share it with everyone you know. Go ahead and talk about it. It's, it's worth talking about. Talk about it. <laughs> please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments at podcast at thegrio.com. The Dear Culture podcast is brought to you by The Grio, executive produced by Blue Tulusma, and co-produced by Sundas Hassan, Brenda Alexander, and Antonio Thompson. See y'all next week.